Who are you? Who are you? I want that question to sink in a little bit. It's a question I, I ask myself daily. It's a question that I don't have the answer to all the time. And I struggle with for a very long time. Who are you? And I found myself like clinging to one label. Like I would say I'm a therapist. Or I'm a plus size woman. Or I'm a black woman. Or I'm a tall woman. Or I'm a single woman. I I found myself using one note to describe myself. And that's where I struggled. Because I felt like I could only be one thing at a time. So I felt like I can only be confident and there was no room for insecurity. I felt like I can only be, you know, healthy and not unhealthy. I felt like I had to be all in on one thing. And the truth is, is that that's not true. The truth is, is that I'm confident as well as insecure. And what I notice about society is that We love to project. We love to define people. And it created an environment where we're scared to be vulnerable. I think the biggest fear people have is being vulnerable. And and it's a good fear to have because it is very scary to be vulnerable. But it's also one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Is when people are vulnerable. And in the job, in the field I am, the breakthrough moments for me weren't necessarily the tears. Wasn't necessarily the insight. Wasn't necessarily, for my population, the sobriety. Or uh, for my autistic clients, the ability to learn. It was the vulnerability. I think the best moments I had with as a professional counselor and as a human within myself like personally is when people say I don't know because that's vulnerability I always ask my clients and myself like who are you who are you and you'll get a mixed response from clients some clients will have a negative insight or a positive insight And I found myself, again, doing the same thing until I started to ask myself, who am I? And, like, doing this podcast, I really realized, like, I was doing my introduction and I was telling, you know, the the speaker, because that's who I'm talking to, who I am. And it didn't feel right. And I put so much pressure on myself for this first episode to be great, to be perfect. That's not me. I was worried about how it would sound, how my pronunciation was, um, my vocal tone. and That's not me. That's not me at all. I think the most beautiful part of me is my ability to be vulnerable and to show my imperfections. And to start this podcast with the expectation of vulnerability coming through the speakers. And so as I recorded several times, you know, trying to bring up some of these amazing topics and sound really clinical, I had to stop and I had to say to myself, Shane, that's not you. 
And if you do that, you're not going to feel good about what you're doing. And I'm scared to be vulnerable. I'm scared to do a podcast. It took me years to get to this point. I've thought about doing a podcast for many years. I thought about having my voice be my guide. Be the guide for others. And I got really insecure. Who wants to listen to me? What do I have to say? There's so many other people who are saying things that sound so much better and sound so clinical and so this and that. And, you know, one of the biggest things I struggle with is that I like to curse. I like to say a lot of curse words. I like to, you know, even in my therapeutic approach, I curse when it's appropriate, when my clients are adults. I don't curse with my, um, the children that I work with. But the fear behind doing this podcast was just showing my flaws. And I've recorded so many different episodes and I sounded so professional and I was and the clinical terms and all that bullshit. See, I'm cursing. Wasn't me. This is me. This is me. I'm I'm not perfect. And I want to set the tone for this podcast not to be perfect. I want to set the tone for vulnerability to have a space in this podcast. Because there are so many podcasts that you will hear. And they will give you good clinical insight. And they will be really great. And you'll feel really good. But I want vulnerability. I want you to listen to this. And be uncomfortable with how vulnerable I'm being. Because no, I will be uncomfortable (laughs) with how vulnerable I I am being. But that's a risk that I've hid from for years. It's something that kept me from doing a lot of different things that I, I wanted to do my whole life. I hid because I didn't want to be seen. know what I had to offer because what if they judge it? What if they say something bad about it? What if they critique it? And they will. They absolutely will. They will have an opinion. They will form something. They will find a a miss. uh, They'll judge me. They'll they'll say, oh, she's credible. You know, there will always be negative. But I decided this podcast isn't going to be for that. And that won't stop me because it stopped me for years. And I know what that looks like to be stuck in fear. Because of criticism I can't control. And so because I'm doing a lot of research and I'm, I'm gaining a lot of education about attachment. It triggered the question that I started this podcast with. Who am I? And I can give you my resume. I can tell you what jobs I've done and what populations I work with. I can be sarcastic (laughs) and give you my sarcastic undertone of who I am personally. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know fully who Shanine is. And it's a journey I want to start this podcast with, with taking you through the steps to showing you the work I'm doing to fully understand who I am. I'm being vulnerable. And to say that, I have a little bit of fear in my stomach. Like, crap, you're telling everyone you don't know who you are? 
And that is really scary. And I always said to my clients, define yourself or someone else will define you. And I truly believe that. But here's the problem. And so we don't take the time to fully define ourselves. We define what we do. And, you know, when I was doing this first recording and I was doing my introduction, I was saying, oh, I'm a therapist. And, nah, da, da, da. and I was saying what I do. When I die, I don't think therapist is going to be on my tombstone. I don't think sarcastic uh, BBW will be on there. But I may get creative. I don't know about that. But um, it will be Shanine. It'll be Shanine. It won't be what I did. It won't be that, you know, in my, um, the service panel, say I was a sister and I was a daughter and et cetera. But who I am, I get to decide that. And the mistake I've always made is only taking the perfect sides of me to define that. Only did the accomplished things were the parts of Shanine. Shanine has anxiety. Bad. And that's something I feel often. So much so I can say that it is a part of me because I put a lot of work in addressing my anxiety. I have so many coping skills and a a recovery plan and meditation and prayer. There's so much energy I put into that anxiety because that's a part of me. And that anxiety stemmed from me protecting myself. That anxiety came from the uncertain and and the things that happened to me and the things I felt. And I was always ashamed, especially as a counselor. Oh, counselors don't have any (laughs) mental health diagnosis. No, absolutely not. Counselors, you know, there's a misconception about counselors. That counselors are healthy. They do their work. And they have their shit together. I know a lot of counselors. And I do know some counselors who are actively doing their work. But I do know some counselors who aren't. And that's not their bad counselors, the ones who aren't. It's just we know how hard it is. I know how hard it is for someone to step in my office And they automatically feel vulnerable. I have stepped into a therapist's office and automatically felt vulnerable. Like, oh shit, she knows all my trauma. She's about to make me cry. I don't want to fucking cry. I don't want to be here. Just keep it together. Talk about the basics and keep it moving. When I first, as an adult, entered therapy, that was my process. Like, I'm just going to try this out. And it got to a point where when I entered therapy... It became where I felt too much vulnerability and she didn't have to say anything to me. And I felt like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, why am I already crying? She just said, how was your day? And you're about to lose your shit. It got to that point where it was so much vulnerability. I stopped going. I stopped going. I, I missed a month and a half. And shit got really bad. My anxiety got really bad and my depression got bad and work became a a hassle and I just felt like everything was too much. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try it again. 
And I, I walked in the office and I cried. I cried. And I don't recall why I was crying. I don't know what she said. But I just started to cry. And I felt super emotional. Because I knew it was vulnerability was going to happen in this space. I knew that I was going to expose myself to this person. And I also felt like she already knew. <laughs> and that is a big misconception. And I know that as a therapist. I know as a therapist, you know, when someone walks in your office, you have no idea what is going to come out of their mouth. But even as a client, I feel like they already know. <laughs> they like already know and they already feel that energy and it's something's going they're going to pull something out of you. And I get that feeling as a client. But as a therapist... I also know that when someone walks into my office, my hands are open. My hands are open, which means give me what you want. I know that as a therapist. And I don't have the agenda to, to decide what they give me. You give what you want to bring. And I had to understand that as a client because I knew that as a therapist. But they don't always connect. And that's why... You know, it goes back to the who, who are you? Because yes, on one note, I'm a therapist with insight on how the therapeutic process works. But on the other hand, I am a client and all that shit is out the window. I'm no longer thinking about my role as a therapist because that no longer matters. I'm currently thinking about me as a client and my pain and my trauma and I'm present in that moment. So the role Shanine has as a therapist, it doesn't have room as Shanine the client. And how can they exist? How can that exist? How can you be a therapist <laughs> and be a client and they aren't connecting? How can you know as a therapist that your therapist does not have an agenda, but as a client, like, this bitch is out to get me to cry. She wants me to cry. She has the tissues there because she's trying to get me to cry. And she has no idea what I'm feeling. She has no idea the vulnerability because she's, her hands are open and she's taking whatever I give her. And I was giving her anxiety and she was present in my anxiety. And I didn't like it. I was exposed. I was exposed because I remember walking in at 28 years old. Um, I mean, I've been in therapy prior to that. But the pivotal point in my therapeutic process where I was ready unconsciously. Again, I'm going to explain my therapeutic process. But at 28 years old, I graduated grad school and I, I was a therapist. And what prompted me to go back to therapists is my supervisor at the time, you know, I was struggling as a therapist. You know, the population I was work, working for was not receptive. I didn't know how to be authentic. It didn't feel good. I was nervous. I was anxious. <laughs> I felt like I'm going to fuck someone's life up. And I remember telling my supervisor that, and, and she told me some key points. The first thing she said to me is that, A, you're not that powerful. You're not that powerful. Now, we can do damage as counselors, but I wasn't doing anything unethical. But I was just being there 
and I just was trying too hard to be something I wasn't. And that that the clients don't necessarily know. They can the clients are very good at reading, but it was an internal thing that they weren't necessarily picking up. It was my shit. And so she said, You're not that powerful. There's nothing you can do to 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 hurt them if you're being all if you your intentions are well. And my intentions were well, but I was just paranoid that my shit was leaking. But that's when she said, it will leak. You will do damage if you don't get help. And that's the moment at 28 years old that I said, all right, I'm going to go to therapy and we're going to try this out. And that's when I felt the most vulnerable. I felt really vulnerable asking for help. I felt really vulnerable to admitting that I don't know how to do this thing that I'm telling people how to do. And I, I, I don't know how to manage accepting that I don't know how to do this. And that was my journey to recovery, to health. That was the, the day one. And that day one, again, I went to therapy and then I stopped going because I'm not going to cry and she's not going to make me feel like this and I can figure it out and I'll use my therapeutic skills on myself. And I <laughs> I used to pretend like I was a case study. And I'm like, okay, so if you got ghosted and what would you tell a client who got ghosted? And sometimes it worked, but other times it didn't. Because I'm not my client. I'm not my client. And I don't treat myself like my client. So I went back to therapy. um, And I cried. And I was a mess. But that mess is part of who I am. I'm, I'm a messy person. Anyone who knows me. I mean, like, I have, I'm getting better at that. But I'm messy. And see, that vulnerability, I immediately try to take it away. I immediately <laughs> try to, no, I'm not messy. I, I was embarrassed to say that I'm messy. And I have been getting better at it, but I'm not the most organized in some aspects of my life. And that's my truth. And it does feel shameful to say that because people are like, oh my God, I can only imagine what her house looks like. My house is actually clean. And my car is clean because I started to value not wanting to be messy. But it took insight and recognizing like, hey, you're messy. And I don't feel good. I don't want to be messy. But at times I can be. And again, it does not feel good to say and I do have the fear of people imagining my house being very messy because that's my shit. Because I'm looking around my apartment and I'm like, it's clean and I actually got it clean today. <laughs> but it's the fear of being exposed and not being perfect. It's the fear of who wants to listen to someone, a therapist in therapy and a therapist who's messy at that. Well, that's who I am. And that's the beauty of me doing this is changing our perceptions of what one should be and how it should look like. I know I'm a good therapist. I know my intentions and my work 
and that my knowledge and all that bullshit that I could preach, preach, preach to advocate and to change your perception of me. But at the end of the day, I'm a messy therapist. (laughs) That can be misinterpreted so many ways. But I'm a messy therapist who's getting her shit together, who's in active healing. And this is what I'm promoting. I'm not going to give you something that's not real. I'm going to give you something that feels right to me. And again, I've done many voice recordings and they sound cheesy as fuck. (laughs) They were not me. And they were like very auto book, like very strategic. And I took notes and I wrote things down and it, you know, it was good information and I will include it in some ways, but I already have. I said the same thing, just not the way I wrote it. Because I want to be vulnerable. And this is what vulnerability looks like. Showing the world your imperfections. And, and, and holding it, to hold, looking at yourself and saying, yep, that's who I am. That's what it is. This is where I'm at. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feels very scary. But I'm okay and I'm working on it. And and that's what I've been learning. And I'm still actively in therapy three years later, maybe four, um, four and a half years later. And I'm still learning that big, hard question. Who am I? Right? I'm still learning that. And I feel like that's a a question that I'm going to keep building on as I get older, as I learn more, as my roles change. You know, I may not always be the type of therapist I am my goal is to shift to be an attachment therapist and my goal is to shift to be a more organized therapist and my goal is to be a more conscious person in general you know so vulnerability is the tone I'm going to start with you know I have some really great episode ideas and I have a lot of healing process but in order to get us to that point We got to practice vulnerability. We got to have a conversation about who we are. And I know you want to hear a more expanded answer of who I am. And I know you're curious, but that's why I'm trying to keep you in tune. Because each week you're going to see who I am. I'm going to reveal who I am. And I'm going to be vulnerable. That's one thing I promise to be is vulnerable. I, I don't want to be perfect. I don't want to be, you know, the classic textbook idea that you may or may not have of a therapist, of a person. I'm Shanine. I'm Shanine. I'm a therapist. I'm a person before I'm a therapist. I'm a person in the healing process who's working on being vulnerable, who's working on accepting my flaws and having the motivation to heal them. To heal them. That's important, to heal them. And to understand how to heal them. And not punishing myself. Because a lot of times when we talk about flaws... Again, like I said earlier, with me being messy, there's a lot of shame that comes into play. There's a lot of, oh my God, that that feeling sinks in immediately. Like, oh my God, people are going to know I'm messy. And what are they going to think about me? 
and I should probably start cleaning right now. And the truth is, is that it's okay. Because if we think about all the things that we are, you're going to find something that you don't necessarily like. You're going to find a quality about yourself that, you know, you wish you could change or you don't want to tell anyone. But we don't start by like saying, oh, I'm messy. I'm changing it today. We start with awareness. Hmm. I'm messy. Am I okay with that? Is that how I want to see myself? And what can I do to slowly change those habits? How can I get more organized? Do I need help? Do I need resources? Because messy is a touchy subject, (laughs) but it's not a hard one. It's not a hard one. If we're being honest, messy's... Oh, it stings me, but it doesn't burn. There's things about me that burn that I don't like about myself. And being vulnerable requires me to be honest. My anxiety is definitely one of those things that burn for me. Because... I'm always second-guessing myself and overthinking and doubting my abilities. Hence why I did this initial recording about 10 times. And I hate that about myself because it's exhausting. It's very exhausting to constantly doubt yourself when you're in a position where people think you have the answers. And I'm going to tell you, therapists aren't meant to have the answers. Because that's a big misconception that I have to address. We don't have the answers. We are a mirror. We show you you. And we give you you. And you decide what you want to do with that. And that's what I learned more so as a client than a therapist. Again, therapists have their hands out. We receive what you give us. And then we give it right back to you. And if you don't like what you see or what you were given, you have the choice to change it but that change is a process and it starts with awareness and it starts with vulnerability you can't look at anything if you're not vulnerable so me being an anxious person and overthinking and doubting and constantly wondering am I enough am I enough can I do this That's the part that burns. That's the thing I'm afraid to tell anyone. And now I'm telling whomever is listening to this. And it's scary. Because my biggest fear is people aren't going to trust me to do my job. People aren't are going to look at me differently. And I wish it was self-motivating. I wish it was you know, and it, it a little bit is, but most of it is, it's like, holy shit, because I've had these conversations with myself every day, but now I'm having this conversation on a podcast. Yikes. You know, that's scary, but that's who I am, and that's who I'm choosing to be. I'm choosing to be vulnerable. I'm choosing to be brave in my vulnerability and accept whatever comes from my vulnerability because I want to heal. 
And in order to heal, I have to have awareness. So some of the things I've been doing to address my anxiety, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is I have a safety plan. Because my brain just goes and goes, and I think, 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 and it's exhausting mentally, physically, emotionally. It's exhausting. So some of the things I've been doing is I close my eyes. I, I seriously do this. I close my eyes. Now, what I've learned is, I can do this anywhere. So like if I'm at Target, if I'm at work, I find a bathroom. If I'm in a bathroom like my bathroom, I turn the lights off and close my eyes. If I'm in a Target or at a public place where I don't have the option to turn the lights off, I close my eyes. I take a deep breath. And I, I say the serenity prayer. Or I'll ask God for strength. I'll say, I'll say simple one, you know, if I quick affirmation, please God help me to stop overthinking. Please God help me to stop overthinking. And if you're not religious based, you can just take a couple deep breaths and reassure yourself this moment will pass. This too will pass. This moment will pass. This feeling is not permanent. And then I say a lot of, I say a lot of affirmations. I, I can give you a hundred. I'll say, feelings are like waves. They always crash. No matter how big and scary the wave is, it always crash. It always crash. And that's our feelings. Our feelings are constantly changing. And those feelings will crash. And again, I'm promoting self-help um, and using the resources available I encourage therapy. I encourage healthy people supporting you in your healing process. And that step of testing out vulnerability. And I will say this, because Brene Brown said it, and I truly believe it. Not everyone has the right to see or have access to your vulnerability. Because here's the thing with vulnerability. There will be people who take your vulnerability and use it against you and it will cause you to clam up and you won't want to be vulnerable. And some of my safest spaces, they're limited spaces, but my therapist's office is my safe space. And that's where I practice my vulnerability. If you don't have a therapist, I do recommend getting one. But if, if that's not something you're ready to do, I recommend a safe person. And what a safe person looks like is they're allowing you to have the space to exist without judgment and not even feedback. Just listening. Because a lot of times we're in a fix-it type of community. If you tell someone, oh, I feel really depressed. All right, well, have you taken medication? Did you do this? And I've done that as well. And, I, and thankfully, I have good people around me who made me aware of that, that it's not always a problem that can be fixed, even if it sounds like there's 50 different solutions. And make that known. Say, listen, I, I just need someone to listen to me right now. I don't really need any feedback. I just need someone to listen. Because that's important too. Because sometimes when people hear that you're suffering, they want to help you through it. 
but the truth is they may not be able to. So it's very important to say that before you're being vulnerable. And I've had people, some of my clients said, they told people in their lives, like, hey, I, I'm having a vulnerable moment. Are you in a position to be present in that moment? And if they say no, believe them. If they say yes, believe them. And if, if you, they say yes and they clearly aren't, ask them again or just end the conversation. I have so much more to share with you guys and I'm so excited to bring who I am, whatever that looks like, the good, the bad, the messy, and I can't wait to hear from you guys. I really want this podcast to be interactive. I want to hear what's going on in your life and using my experiences, not just as a professional, but personally, to help and your healing journey. And again, my goal is to provide resources, um, trainings um, that I know of or I'm aware of. And again, I don't want to focus too much on um, the clinical. I do want to provide clinical insight, but I do want to give you more of Shanine. And Shanine's not just clinical. But if there's any way that you, you, if any way I could provide resources that would be helpful for you to get to that healing process, I will be happy to participate in that um, and find a way to promote um, some of the great therapists I know, some of the resources that I know that have helped me. And I look forward to this journey, the, the uh, healing to health journey. It's going to be a great adventure and I appreciate you listening and being supportive of me. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Remember, let's practice that vulnerability. Vulnerability sparks awareness. Awareness is the first step to change. Have a great day.